This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine. I'm Emily and this is a summer special that we are calling the Really Useful Beauty Episode. So we gather together the finest beauty minds for our Beauty 101. We've got Nadine Baggett talking about skincare SOS, ingredients to look out for and how to keep budget front of mind. Sally Hughes, who has launched her wildly successful skincare range with Revolution and I am a devotee of her daily exfoliant. Anyway, she opened up her makeup bag, uncovering treasure. And of course, my personal favourite, Annabelle, obviously, who rifled through her bathroom drawers to share her summer sensations. Note, these are highlights and not new recordings. Enjoy. Can I shout some ingredients at you yes. and ask you to translate? Yes, so, so retinol, which you've just mentioned, what's retinol there for? Vitamin A is your skin's cheerleader. It's sort of like a coach standing on the sidelines going, work harder, <laughs> skin turnover. And basically vitamin A is metabolised in the skin and it's sort of the thing that oversees every single process that your skin does. So it oversees the production of sebum, it oversees the production of melanin pigment, it oversees the production of collagen and elastin, which means that it's actually important for most skin types. If your skin is out of kilter, retinol is the thing that will bring it back to a sense of healthy stasis. It's that. It's the mum at the football game saying, no, score harder, run faster, whatever it is. It's that person. It's your skin's cheerleader. And it is absolutely the gold standard active ingredient within skin. And your skin normally takes your vitamin A from your diet. But what's wrong with putting a little bit of vitamin A topically as well? That's what you're doing. You're basically backing up what your skin takes from food, with a topical vitamin C and a vitamin A. They're super important ingredients for you, are they? Vitamin, vitamin C, C is key in the morning, it protects your skin. Vitamin A is key at night because it essentially kicks your skin into action. Especially as you get older, you'll notice your skin starts to become more sluggish. It gives it a good kick up the metaphorical backside. That's what it does. So I'm now going to ask you about some acids, because I think just because they're called acids, people get very bewildered about the idea of acids. So I'm going to start with the one I can't pronounce, but I really like, hyaluronic Okay, so now if you're frightened of acids, remember that your skin in its natural state is acid. A healthy skin sits at around on a pH scale roughly 5, 5.5. And if you think of 7 as being neutral, 14 as being sort of highly alkalinic, so sort of a bar of soap or something like that. And then one would be a hydrochloric acid, something you could melt sort of metal in dead bodies. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, your skin's sitting at <laughs> roughly 5.5 or 5. So your skin is naturally acidic. So your skin likes acids. Don't be frightened of them. Hyaluronic acid is actually an acidic form of sugar that binds water into your skin. It's found 
in huge amounts in very young, very plump skin. Babies are born with loads of it. As you get older, you have less of it. Drier skins have less of it. It literally locks water into your skin. It's not a resurfacing acid. And I know you're going to go on to the resurfacing acids. I can see you. Your head is <laughs> nodding, Annabelle. I can see. Go for it. Before we go to the resurfacing acids, I just wonder if I might ask you what a really good retinoid or um, vitamin C product might be if people are going shopping. So if, if you want a vitamin C, I think you're probably looking for roughly 10%. It can go up to 20% to use every single day. Choose the best form of any skin product you're going to buy would be one you can afford. Please never, never, never put a skin product on a credit card that you cannot pay off at the end of the month. It's simply not worth it, I promise you. Superdrug have an amazing vitamin C, 10% vitamin C skin booster that's, I think, under £10. It's really reasonably priced. A gold standard would be CE Frulip from SkinCeuticals. It was the first ever vitamin C and it was based around some truly groundbreaking, award-winning research done by a, chem a chemical scientist um, and it won huge awards. But there are things like Drunk Elephant, there are Timeless. Most people have some form of vitamin C. You want something to be roughly 10, 15, 20% and it needs to be quite watery so it sits on your skin really quickly and then you go in with your moisturisers over the top. What about a retinol? Retinol, most over-the-counter retinols from companies like uh, Olay, Number 7, Superdrug, uh, the inky list are sitting at roughly 0.3%, which is a really good sweet spot retinol. It's the, the great percentage is that what's what I call the minimum sort of irritation, maximum result. So you're beginning to get some sort of action on your skin, but a gold standard would be 1%. And at that point, you're really looking at something like Paula's Choice 1% clinical retinol. Hyaluronic acid, will that usually be in your moisturiser? Yes. Now, it's very interesting. Hyaluronic acid is a really hip ingredient and people think it's it's only available in products with hyaluronic acid written in them. It's always been available in moisturisers. It's pretty much always been available in serums and it's also available in your foundation. So there's no worry in layering it up. But I think it's quite nice to use a hyaluronic acid serum every single day simply to lock extra water into the skin as you get older and your skin becomes drier. A hyaluronic acid serum is very nice to use around the eyes under makeup because it stops your concealer clinging to those creases and those crepe, that creeping crepiness that we all hate so much. And it does actually work really well right up and around the eyes. It does. It's a, it's a great base for eye makeup. It really is. Do you have one that you recommend? There are so many on the market. Again, you really don't need to spend a lot of money on hyaluronic acid. Uh, I remember when Dr. Sabag launched the first one and it was sort of, you know, so much money and nobody had really heard about that much about it. But now they're available from the Inky List. It's available from Superdrug. It's available from um, uh, Good Ingredients, from um, Boots. It, don't spend a lot of money. Choose one that you really like. An absolutely lovely one is the CeraVe one, which is slightly milky as well so it's got something called glycerin and as well glycerin is one of those old school ingredients that your grandmothers used to use she used to use rose and glycerin water glycerin actually is a humectant as well in other words it locks water into the skin salicylic acid salicylic acid is, you're now getting into resurfacing acid salicylic acid is a gold standard for breakouts blackheads and ingrown hairs. And the reason is, is because it's a beta hydroxy acid. It's quite a large molecule, but it's attracted to oil in your skin. All the other resurfacing acids are attracted to water in the skin, which means that it will deep dive into pores. So if you have any breakouts, if you have mastony, if you have bacne, anything like that, then this teenager around a 2% salicylic acid is gold standard. You sleep in it at night. So you put it on your breakouts, on your blemishes, you sleep in it at night. 
And glycolic acid also resurfacing? Yes, and all the other acids are resurfacing. And glycolic is a gold standard. It's attracted to water in the skin. It's a very small molecule. It's a very powerful molecule. So if you go to a facialist and you have a peel, the chances are they're going to use glycolic. And what it does is it essentially breaks the bonds between your skin cells. If you think of your skin as being like a brick wall, each individual skin cell is like the brick and then in between you have the mortar. And what it does is it breaks the bonds between your skin's bricks, your skin cells, so that the dead skin cells can shed. I personally like to sleep in an acid overnight. I know a lot of people, for example, Sally Hughes is a really good friend of mine. She has dry skin that's that's prone to being sort of slightly sort of rough on the surface she loves her acid in the morning to give her a glow i like it at night there are no right and wrong answers just be careful with glycolic it can be really powerful so if i've got a glycolic toner i think that i bought in a kind of mad like and i'm too scared to use should i use that after cleansing like maybe once or twice a week or once a week just to kind of take off the dead cells or whatever I honestly think that that is probably, as a tonic or a lotion, been formulated to use straight after cleansing. So you wipe on your face straight after cleansing and you'll feel a little bit of a tingle, but it should settle down quite quickly. Again, I would use that at night and put a lightweight hyaluronic acid or a moisturiser over the top just to buffer it into my skin. Somebody like Sally, who has dry skin or a lot of very oily teenagers, ironically, it's both ends of the spectrum. So either a drier skin or an oily skin, like it during the day because it gives them a good glow. You do get an instant glow from glycolic. Personally, I like to sleep in my acids. I, I don't see the point in putting on an acid because for me, you're encouraging your skin cells to shed at a time when actually you don't really want to shed your makeup and your skincare and your SPF during the day. But there are no right and wrong rules Use it as and when your skin is comfortable and happy. And you'll know when you've overdone it because, my God, you'll lie in bed at night or you'll be lying there and you're like, oh, the tinkle isn't stopping. Help, help. That's when you've overdone it. And what really we're talking about exfoliating, aren't we? Yes. I mean, when, when, when I was a girl, as my mother said, um, it, was the blue, it was the blue corn scrub from the body shop and with those particles, physical scrubs. And we'd scrub and scrub and scrub and scrub, probably breaking many capillaries along the way. How do we feel about physical scrubs as opposed to chemical scrubs? I think that something like Dermalogica daily microfoliant, which is cornstarch, is amazing and super gentle and really lovely to use if you want that physical feeling of Because it is a satisfying skin. feeling. Yes, isn't it is it? very satisfying. But you're absolutely right. We all use the dreaded walnut scrub back in the day. And, and we do, I do genuinely have broken capillaries around my nose because I thought I could scrub away my blackheads. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, which I'm continually having lasered because they always want to come back and it's very <laughs> annoying. So Generally, I'd say step away from physical scrubs unless it's on your body and it's quite nice to have a physical scrub on your body. I think the acids are much more gentle, much more gentle. And an enzyme, interestingly, works in a different way. So the papaya and the um, mango-based enzymes, they work differently. They actually digest the dead skin cells. So they don't break the bonds, they digest the skin cells in the same way that enzymes do in your stomach. So think of that next time you use a papaya or a, a pineapple or a, a mango-based enzyme scrub. It's actually digesting the dead skin cells off your face. Nibbling. Like a, yeah, like a load of Pac-Men. <gasps> like those like those fish, those um, pedicles yes, that you can yes. have where those, those fish just eat your feet. Yeah, where they suck, they actually do suck and gen gently nibble the hard skin <laughs> off your face. Is there any part of a, of, of a skincare um, routine or, or sort of solution-based product where you think you could do with spending some money on it? Vitamin C and retinol. 
genuinely right. if you have the money you will find the formulations become more sophisticated as as they get up they do they just do i think you save your money on your cleansers you save your money on your moisturizers you can save your money on your hyaluronic acid but a really nicely formulated vitamin c and retinol tend to cost a little bit more money and when you go into the very sophisticated retinols and you go from retinol the next metabolic pathway is retinal and you're going to a company like Medicaid, for example, you, you're going to spend a little bit more money. They're, they are an investment in your skin. But it's worth researching, isn't it? I've heard you say this. Who owns what company and the stables and therefore how the research and the new product development might filter through? Would you explain that to us a little bit? So when I first started my YouTube channel, I'd obviously been a beauty editor for a very long time, 25 years, 26 years. And the big beauty corporations don't really like you knowing that they own other brands. So, for example... The L'Oreal Group, which I have to say I am a huge fan of. They own um, Giorgio Armani, Lancôme, Garnier, Maybelline, L'Oreal Paris, Kiehl's. If you think they don't share technology, you're a fool. So when they launch, for example, a new SPF or a new form of retinol, they the chances are they're going to give it to Lancôme first, or they're going to give it to Kiehl's first, or they're going to give it to a Giorgio Armani first. But eventually that technology trickles down, and this is true of makeup. So if you're looking to have something that is super high-end, just wait for that technology to trickle down. And it's why I am such a huge fan of L'Oreal Paris and Garnier, because that technology trickles down. It trickles down in hair care, it trickles down in makeup. The, the packaging, the componentry is different but actually the formulations are strikingly similar. If you think of the Estee Lauder group, the Estee Lauder group of companies own Estee Lauder, Clinique, um, Origins, they own Tom Ford. They share technology and they share active ingredients and they have the power to buy them in bulk. So you will eventually, it will trickle down. They own the ordinary. I mean, it, th that technology trickles down and you will benefit from it. So just go away and Google huge beauty corporations and wait for the technology to trickle down. And you know, the first time I said that, I was the first person that ever said it, and the beauty companies don't like me telling you, but I've got your back. I just want to extort some recommendations from you, if we may. Sure. So at the moment, if you're looking, if we were looking for all kind of budget, a really good tinted moisturiser or summer foundation, where would you direct us at the moment? So... I tell you, there have been two affordable foundations or bases, really, that have come out in the past few months that I've been really impressed with. So the first one is L'Oreal Paris Tinted Serum. Very, very good. It's not cheap because it's L'Oreal Paris, but it's it's well under 20 quid. So I think it's £14 or thereabouts. It's very often on offer. So it's a hyaluronic acid serum with a tint in it, bit of coverage in it, just makes you look instantly better. Just smoosh it on, very little guesswork just whack it on and you look better basically another one which is even cheaper which i think is 8.99 i'm going to say is rimmel kind and free and so that is more of a tinted moisturizer so it's a nice hydrating creamy gel cream sort of a texture and that's really lovely again you can smoosh it on with fingertips really affordable cruelty free and yeah, it's a really good one. And it was one that took me by surprise. 
Oh, that's so interesting. Can I ask a like an idiot's question? What with the L'Oreal Paris serum? When do you put it? Do you put it on after moisturizer? Yeah, <laughs> my endless nightmare. No, I do. No, I understand why you're asking that because it's called a serum. But no, you treat it as makeup. So so right. after okay, all, so after after everything, after everything. If you okay. are wearing makeup, you would put it on in place of foundation. It's a terrific product. And when I wrote a column about it, so many women have been in touch to say, oh, it's one of my favourite ever things that you've recommended. It's gone down a storm. So um, I suspect your listeners might feel the same. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Yeah, definitely. Um, I tell you what I don't really leave the house without these days is, is a cream blusher. I just sort of always have one about my person. A lot of people, including Emily, are very, very confused by the idea of any kind of blusher. Where, What cream blushes do you think are really kind of... I'm very into a rose ink one at the moment. You look, Sally, like you've she got looks a like very a peach. nice... She does look like... 47-year-old nice. peach. How yeah. is that possible? <laughs> um, I love cream blusher and I agree with you that so many women our age because we're all roughly the same age yeah here, right we're exactly, and, uh, we're exactly the same age yeah oh great okay so um most women our age I think if they're going to be scared of any makeup product they're scared of bronzer and blusher but actually those two things make you look so perky and healthy and blusher is just something I am never without I mean I'd rather look like Aunt Sally than have no blusher on <laughs> Me too. I, I'm, I'm going nowhere without it because it instantly it looks healthy and healthful and perky and youthful. And I don't mean in that it makes you look younger. It doesn't make you look younger. It makes you look youthful, if that makes sense. It makes you just look perky and happy and joyful um, and awake. I absolutely love it. So uh, recommendations. So I really like Elf. If we're doing High Street, I really, really like Elf. Revolution do a brilliant one from their Planet Revolution range. Um, which is like their eco range. Really, really nice one in a pot. Elf do lovely sticks. If we're going spendy, uh, the one I'm wearing today is the Hourglass Vanish Stick Blusher, which mm. I absolutely love. And it stays put. So if you're um, menopausal, for example, and you find makeup wanders off halfway through the day, I find for a cream blush, this one really, really, really stays put. Um, I love the Clay de Peau cream blush. Bobbi Brown Pot Rouge can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. But I like, I, I prefer a cream to a powder because I just think you get a bit of dewiness, a bit of, it's a bit more casual and it makes you less prone to stripey vibes, which I know is what scares lots of people and more likely with powder. I only use a powder blush now if I really mean business, like if I'm doing a full face yeah. for a party. And then I think, and I yeah. find myself looking and thinking, no, you need something else. Is it more eyeshadow? Is it more eyeliner? I'm already absolutely covered. And I think, no. And out comes my powder blusher. I'm like that too, actually. I think if I need to look very polished, so I host lots of events. If I'm hosting an event, I might use a powder blush. But by and large, I would say I'm at least 98% cream <laughs> blush because I just like patting it on. With my fingers. Made, I'm literally 98% made of blusher. Do you I mean, use... I am probably. <laughs> yes, and, and, and caffeine and dry shampoo. <laughs> do you use a highlighter every day? And if you do, do you use a, a liquid highlighter or do you use a powder highlighter? 
Uh, no, I'm not particularly a highlighter person. I think if I was going to a party and I decided to really go all out, I might use one. But they're not really my thing. I'm not so into the highlighter look. What I do use, however, is um, Charlotte Tilbury Hollywood Flawless Filter, which has a shimmer. I use it all over my face. So underneath, do I. <laughs> underneath I you, you're not meant to, foundation. are you? It's got a sort of spongy tip, and so I no, dig and dig the, and dig and shove it I everywhere. Think it's so, I think it's so misunderstood, that product. It, it, it has four uses. So you either put it all over your face with nothing over the top, and that's just your casual weekend face, which I do a lot, or you put it all over your face, put your foundation over the top or your tinted moisturiser over the top, or you mix a few drops in with your moisturiser, or foundation um, to make it a bit more glowy or you can use it as a highlighter the last use is the thing I'd be least likely to do I'm not I don't really like that kind of Instagram spangly cheekbone thing to be mm. honest it's not particularly my jam if I was going to wear a highlighter I would probably use a sort of glaze you know like a solid glazy stick rather mm. than one of those shimmery powders which is not really my aesthetic I suppose what are your bronzers you said bronzers before so if I'm using a powder bronzer I would always use the hourglass one I think it's terrific if I'm using a cream bronzer which I very often am I would use a Fenty or the Fenty one is terrific um I like the Chanel one if the color's right for you it's great I like uh, the milk makeup one the baked stick um, nude sticks. I've got lots of favourite cream ones, but powder-wise, I would only really use the hourglass one. Mm. Okay. Um, I think another thing that I find that a lot of women are frightened of is eyeshadow. They always say, oh, my eyes are too sunken. Oh, my eyes are too small, too big. Too but people get very, very scared of eyeshadow. What do you think is a sort of beginner's, idiot-proof, don't panic, here you go, eyeshadow palette for people? Uh, so this is very easy for me. If you are scared of eyeshadow or you think I've got hooded eyelids or I don't know how to do it, my eyesight's not good enough, I'm telling you, get a crayon. Get one crayon in one colour. So get uh, uh, Bobbi Brown Longwear uh, Cream Eyeshadow Sticks or uh, Vivi Wands. NARS does a similar one. Uh, ELF does some beauty pie. Basically, it's a chubby crayon, a twist-up chubby crayon, not too fat, kind of, you know, the width of, like, say, a biro in its body. Um, and you twist it up, smoosh it on straight from the stick to your socket line, then take a clean brush and just buff it over the line. Don't stop at the line. I see lots of people stop at the line, either imagined line if they're hooded, or actual line. They stop there, but the moment you open your eyes, the colour disappears. It's a total mm. waste of time. So you need to take it beyond the line, smudge it out with a clean brush with no product on it, then take a little bit under your eye, Bob's your uncle. And the number of times that women have said to me online, oh my God, I love your eye makeup today. Tell me how you do it. And embarrassingly, I'm like, it's one colour from Bobby Brown and I've just <laughs> blended it outwards. That's my day-to-day -day look. If I'm hosting an event or maybe hosting a makeup video or something, I'll get the palette out and I'll do a proper thing. But today, I've done what I just described to you. Nine times out of 10, probably 19 times out of 20, I've taken one single colour, smooshed it in, buffed it out with a clean brush, bit of mascara, bit of eyeliner, that's it. 
Done. Um, and then um, mascaras. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that you don't need to, you maybe don't need to let, spend a lot of money on everything, but you definitely don't need to spend a lot of money on mascaras. No, especially if you're not prone to smudging, which unfortunately I am. So I, I, am I could too. smudge what do we a tattoo. Do about that? Does yours fall off as the hours go by, even if it's a so my issue is non- that I use lots of very rich skincare because I'm super dry and that lifts a traditional mascara. The oil lifts the waxes and the oils and so you get smudgy under the eye. The number of times in my life where I've been testing mascaras for a column, I've gone to the ladies and gone, Jesus, how long have I looked like that? <laughs> and so for me, I have to use a tubing mascara, which is a mascara that wraps each eyelash in polymers um, and then it doesn't shift. So for me, I have to use Clinique Lash Power or Estee Lauder Double Wear. L'Oreal Paris does a tubes mascara, Trish McAvoy, Kevin O'Quan. There are certain brands that do a Japanese-style tubing mascara. Most brands do a traditional mascara, which on me is not particularly good because it lifts. But I agree with you. You don't have to spend loads of money if you don't have that issue. Maybelline, amazing. Mm. Uh, L'Oreal Paris, Rimmel, they all do really, really great affordable mascaras i mean maybelline is like i think i think i'm right in saying the best-selling mascara brand in the world yeah, yeah it's, i think it's 9.99 might, yeah yeah might even be 8.99 well you remember the iconic pink and green that people when anybody went to new york when we were younger you'd say yeah you'd say Can you just bring back and some great lash yes exactly, Can you exactly. Bring back yeah. great lash? that was it that was like the only thing anybody wanted from new york yeah how do you feel about powder face powder I love powder and I think powder is very underrated, particularly amongst older women. And I know why. I think women our age think, oh, that's going to dry me out. It's going to look cakey. That's going to be really unflattering. But it's really about which powder do you use and where do you put it? So I don't put powder on my cheeks because I like a bit of a sheen, a bit of a dewiness to my cheeks. But I do find a very shiny nose a bit ageing, I have to Mm. say. So I like to go down my nose, bit on my chin bit on my forehead and I would use a very sheer powder like uh, MAC mineralized nat- skin finish natural or you know something that isn't too talky something that's nice and sheer I'm going to start with the body hey the body I've got a body oil that I really love, really I love. It's love the, body oil. Wait, this is the only one, really, that I can cope with. Because even though you can put a bit of body oil on your arm and go, oh my goodness, it's so fragrant and delicious. The moment you try and put it on the rest of your body, you become a sort of terrible, sweaty, slimy mess. It can take so long to soak in. Is there actually anything worse than the amount of to, the things that you have to wait to absorb? Like we're standing there in the bathroom Hopping going, from foot to foot, late already. absorb, yeah. yeah. Yeah, please absorb. This is Botanico Vida Omega Oil. Uh, it's really bioactive. It's dermatologist approved. It's clean. Most of the stuff I'm going to be talking about is clean beauty anyway. But it's also stuffed full of omegas, which are kind of building blocks to help support your skin's cellular structure. So it's great for stretch marks. It's great for sunburn. It's great for scars. Or just if you want to give your skin a bit of love, you can use it on your baby. You can use it on your granny. Um, but the point is, it's very, I think it's very good for desiccated limbs <laughs> can i just try some try some on your desiccated limb it's got a Ooh, really delicious nice. sort of light citrus smell and once it's on <gasps> it's gone that. it has gone that's amazing you do actually feel like you wouldn't have to like hop hop for a while nice or not be able to put like any other layer on for a bit no it's a really good one it starts at 13 quid and it smells good if you want a traditional body lotion i mean you know 
go and buy something, you know, incredibly expensive and in a beautiful glass pot or bottle for £60 if you want, because that can be a great thrill. But I would always turn to CeraVe. CeraVe moisturising cream, which is about £12.80 from Boots for a massive pot. Um, and I'd go to CeraVe for, for everything. If I just had to a one-stop high street skin shop, I would go to CeraVe counter, I'd buy their cleanser, I'd buy their facial moisturiser, and I'd buy their body moisturiser. The reason it's called CeraVe is because the whole range is built about around these things called ceramides, which are lipids, oils, that are found naturally in your skin. And they support the skin barrier and they help you retain moisturiser. And every CeraVe product has got that going for it. That's their shtick, um, to help protect the skin's barrier. It's unscented. What I have always done, if I want to, like E45 creams, another quite good one, if you want to scent cheaply an unscented cream, just a couple of drops of essential oil. So um, for summer, a drop of lime oil is really, really good in an unscented cream, or even in the bath. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Oh, I like the idea of a lime bath. Um, and then the other body cream I want to talk about is... There are some new creams out by Sol de Janeiro. Now, this is the Brazilian band, which is famous for the Bum Bum Cream. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, the Brazilian Bum Bum Cream that was uh, uh, meant to perk up your bottom um, with because it was so caffeine-infused and guarana-infused and all <laughs> that stuff. I love the idea. I think caffeine at this point will be the only... The, my bum will only be stimulated by caffeine. Well, yes, and also uh, the idea of perking up my bottom with a cream is a triumph of hope over experience. Um, but they have new creams out. My favourite one is probably the one that's called Coco Cabana Cream. This is their answer to deep hydration. And the smell is just coconut heaven. The smell is off the clock. I mean, smell this. Oh, my God. You yes, just want to yes, eat yes, it, yes, don't you? Yes, 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 yes. I just love that eat coconut it. cream. And, you know, it comes in a little 50ml um, bottle, so you could take it hand luggage. And call me shallow, but it's super pretty. They've got little pastel and white bottles, sort of... They almost look like something out like of Dirty Dancing, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Or they all look like paint pots or something. Yeah. There's something that's absolutely delicious. And I always find that when I unpack my sort of wash bag on holiday, my bathroom in, 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 in London is obviously like absolute chaos. It's like fucking Glastonbury because there's so much stuff that I'm always trying. But when I take a little, you know, my own little curated bag away on holiday, I always look at it laid out on my dressing table or in the bathroom, wherever I happen to have landed and think, ah, so that's my future for this week. Deodorant. So uh, there is a deodorant called Kopari, K-O-P-A-R-I deodorant, which is aluminium-free, it's 100% natural, it's non-toxic, it's rich in things like electrolytes and amino acids and vitamins, all of which help it to tune into your body's unique function. And all of this, of course, begs the question, should we all be using natural deodorants now? Should we all be using natural deodorants now? Well, I mean, it's a question, isn't it? Um, maybe not for a 12-hour day of tube sweat and polyester, but for those slower days, mm, I think, you know, this is not going to clog any pores or any lymphs. It makes you smell like fresh coconut milk. Coconut, again, I'm really into it this summer. My other favourite really good natural deodorant is has been around a while. It's a classic. It's the Marlin and Gertz Eucalyptus deodorant. You love that one, Yeah, don't you? I really like it. Eucalyptus is a really pleasing, fresh smell. You know, it's sort of what you want on your body. I don't really want to smell of... I mean, I use the Mitchum baby powder deodorant when I'm, you know, running around in London. But I don't really want to smell of, like, you know, those... They, they, suddenly, they suddenly seem very synthetic, which, of course, they are. Um, whereas the eucalyptus deodorant is, is, is synthesised with natural eucalyptus extract and also citronella, which is um, odour neutralising. Uh, and it can be used on all skin types. And it's, it's, um, it's heaven, actually. And it won't leave marks on your clothes because I can't put on anything black after deodorant without it just having horizontal white stripes yeah. through it. 
Also, there's that curse of all the of the sub sweaty salt arm that you get as well with the rim, which I've never quite marked. I tried many YouTube tutorials about trying to clear it off. And oh no, once your clothes get deodoranty, that's it. They might as well yeah. just be sweat stained. That's that's it. Upwards towards the face. Yay! <laughs> or downwards. Yes, upwards towards the face that may or may not be moving (laughs) downwards. Um, Oskia Renaissance mask. So um, this is basically a peel in a mask. And it is a multi-award winning plumper and brightener. And it boosts radiance. And it gets your, 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 those lazy cells turning over. It would be a very good thing to use you know, the day before you went on holiday. I wouldn't necessarily use it an hour before I went in the sun because it's got AHAs and it's got actives. But it's incredibly aromatic. And it energises your skin without stripping it. So you can use it on quite sensitive skin. So a, a, a peel, but not a scary peel. There's a lot, I have to say, Oscar is a brand that I really, really like. There's a lot of good things on it. I've just finished their cleanser, which is great. I've moved on to another cleanser now, but I do think it's it's a really, really good cleanser. And also their body milk. I think it's called, it's the Renaissance range as well. And it's like a pink milk and it's really, really lovely. Yeah, they do moon salts, bath salts, which I haven't. Listen, Oscar is expensive. Um, you yeah. know, this mask is 68 quid. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, a big pot. It's going to last you for, you know, certainly months. I mean, I, I'm more inclined to spend money on a mask than a moisturiser. I find that a pot of moisturiser I can get through in two weeks. So a 60 quid moisturiser is not going to work for me. Especially with things like the CeraVe facial moisturiser or whatever being so good and so good, such good value and yeah, so Yeah, yeah. If you want to spend money, accessible. maybe spend it on the serum, which has got yeah. all the actives in it. But anyway, that's the way I'm feeling at the moment. Mm. Eyes. Eyes. Hourglass Equilibrium Instant Plumping Eye Mask. It's expensive. It's a big tube. I would imagine it probably lasts for a year. 61 quid. Hourglass also do an equilibrium eye cream which is very very rich if you need that it's a winner this i i'm you know i at the moment always debating does one need an eye cream or not or can you just sort of use your moisturizer i think that you don't really need an eye cream i think eye creams can build up under your eyes they can form little balls of calcium they can make you puffy i just don't know but before a party an eye mask or an eye cream really 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 helps i thought it didn't And then I was hanging out with someone who owns a really big beauty brand. And she said, before we go to this party tonight, I absolutely insist that you spend two hours doing these four masks. And I did what I was told. And, you know, someone came, went up to her and said, what's happened to Annabelle Rifkin, how she had a face? (laughs) (laughs) Which is both gratifying and incredibly insulting at the same time. But, you know, a mask does work. And this is an eye mask. I would now always use it before I'm trying to get dressed up and put on like... A proper eye, okay. a proper makeup. I need to face. ask some stupid questions now. One, what is it supposed to do? Is it literally just supposed to tighten that bit under? Like, what are we achieving? We are achieving brightening. We are achieving you know, drainage, so it gets rid of the puffiness. Oh. Um, we are smoothing fine lines, and we're adding firmness. Now. Oh, and also, it, can, it also it's got it's got some light reflecting stuff in, so the light can bounce back, so it can reduce the appearance of dark circles. This is all subtle; it's not surgery, right? But what it really will do is, if you put it on, and I would suggest putting it on no less than an hour before you put makeup on, because if your skin is too creamy when you put makeup on, your makeup will slide around on your face, your mascara, your blink, and your mascara will hit your under eyes the whole nine yards. But what it will do is it will create a much more virtuous canvas. And, you know, when you're sort of over 35 or 40 and you're putting on a lot of makeup, you need to you need to prep your skin or the makeup will just creep into lines that you didn't even know were there. 
I love the idea of a virtuous canvas. We all want to start life with a virtuous canvas. Well, days. spiritually, I don't know if I can help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this will help the under eyes. Primers. Ooh, discuss. Do you need a primer? Mm, a primer that's just a primer, I can't really be asked. A primer that's also an SPF. Ah. Yes, that makes sense to my multitasking That makes time. sense. So a couple, Charlotte Tilbury. Inevitably, we're all going to have some Charlotte Tilbury knocking around because it's just so good. She's got one called Invisible Flawless Poreless Primer, which is about £40. And, you know, it'll give you the SPF 50, but it will also protect, hydrate, and it will, it will prime your skin. It's very weightless. It's very satiny. Um, and again, makeup goes on better afterwards. And I think it, I think it makes makeup stick around for longer. My current favourite, though, it's a brand from Naked Sundays. And um, Naked Sundays is Australia's best-selling sun care brand. And they know a little bit about sun damage. It's a mineral sunscreen called Collagen Glow. And you want mineral sunscreens because they stop your pores from getting blocked. But also, it doesn't just offer proper protection. It blurs and it veils and it smooths. So you can use it as a sun cream, as a primer, or just on its own for a sort of Sunday morning. I now don't look quite so awful. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's 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 my new favourite, and it is thirty four pounds. Naked Sundays also does a spray, an SPF spray for top ups, um, which is twenty four pounds, which is also SPF fifty. If you don't want to put sun cream on top of your makeup, but you think you're feeling a bit burny or the sun's a bit oh, strong, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because I wondered about that in terms of what if you put makeup on on top, like if you ha- if there was a SPF finish. So now let's actually do a little bit of makeup. I've been banging this drum for a bit, but I'm just going to remind you about the NARS Pure Radiance Tinted Moisturiser. Because this is, it's very good for for summer evenings. It's a muscular tinted moisturiser, but it's less sort of solid than a foundation. It includes an SPF, you know, obviously. On holiday when I use it, I just add a little dot of highlighter into it, liquid highlighter in the palm of my hand, because then you look really, really burnished. But I'm just praying that they never discontinue this. (laughs) Because once you've discovered it, it really is it really is hard to walk away from. Let's talk about eyes for a second. So it's a liquid eyeliner. I don't like those felt tip ones. This has got a sort of flexible but precise tiny brush for an easy, really sort of fluid application. And it is a very slightly metallic, dark brownie aubergine. Now, listen, for your cat flick, for your feline flick, and, you know, for your smoky eye, this is just as dramatic as black, but it is just much more forgiving. I think that's really interesting. I remember once I interviewed Joan Collins, who did all her own makeup for Dynasty. She had to put on that makeup at five in the morning. It had to last till midnight. She did it herself, and it's a tour de force if you go back and look at pictures of her. One of the things that she did was she put on a liquid eyeliner, and then she put on a pencil on top of that liquid eyeliner. Like almost to seal it on, kind of Almost to seal it on. And also, I do that just to sort of perfect the shape. And again, I use um, a Chanel liner, which is called the Chanel Stilo. And again, it comes in those really, really good colours. And it gives you about 20 seconds to blend. And then that is not going anywhere. It just sticks around. Also, it's one of those roll-up ones. Because I don't know about you, but I never, ever have a sharpener. No, absolutely not. God, it's like one more thing to think about. And also, can you use a sharp, like a pencil sharpener? Yes, you can. It just gets a bit, you know, if you use, if you, if you double up your, you know, your kid's pencil sharpener <laughs> with your eyeliner sharpener, everyone's going to get pissed off because they're going to be great, you know. <laughs> Wads of black. Yeah, exactly. Or All over their maths homework, whatever it might be. But I be. think it's because you gave me a navy uh, eyeliner and I was like, okay, well, 
this is sort of really and and it does really work. Navy eyeliner very good with brown eyes. Purple eyeliner very good with green eyes. Um, dark navy mascara, dark um, green mascara. You know, it, it all it all works. But you know, if you if you if you want to stay safe and and, and veer away from black, then a dark brown like the. Um, like the you know all the mascaras do it, but but the Max Panther two thousand calorie is, is is a good option because black is, you know in you know a winter morning when you're feeling quite pale and interesting, but you've got to wear makeup to be polite for work. Black mascara may not do you any favors actually. No, particularly if it ro- rolls down your face because you're crying in the loo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which is why you need a setting spray. Oh my god. Do you need a setting spray? Hmm. Maybe you need a setting spray. You might. I didn't think I did, but now I've decided I definitely, definitely do. I think it's one of those things I panic if I don't have it to hand, if I'm having to put on proper makeup. Now, Charlotte Tilbury's Airbrush Flawless Setting Spray, it holds makeup in place, but it also adds a very light veil of sort of poor blurring Charlotte Tilbury magic. And it's, it's useful a few hours into a made-up face to just bring your makeup back to life. And you just think, oh, God, I'm looking a bit like an old warhorse. Oh, ping, there I am again. Particularly good on hot summer nights and for parties. So I, uh, and I've noticed that um, since I started using it, my mascara does not fall down my face with the same enthusiasm anymore, which is frankly a relief. (laughs) Definitely. Um, a, A slightly cheaper option is the Morphe setting spray, which is also very good. All the kids love Morphe. And finally, it is quite a good idea, particularly with travel being in a sort of fucked fantastic ridiculous state that it's in to decant some of your essential stuff and take them land hand luggage so you need some decanting shit for that i know are we it's like that do you remember when muji opened in in uh in london and we all went mad for like decanting plastic bottles but yeah it's a bit like that there's a brand called kitsch k-a-t hyphen s-c-h which does um a, a travel set it's about a tenner you get three pouches which will hold whatever you need whether that's shampoo or body lotion you get um three spray bottles a couple of pots everything can go in there from foundation to eye cream to uh, your setting spray to whatever you might need but i just think you know a lot of luggage is going to get lost so if you've got something that means you're not going to feel yourself if you don't have it about your person yeah think about a bit of a decant also because it's so infuriating because that you have to you know you ha- otherwise your only alternative is to buy once you're through security mm-hmm. which is you know a waste of money if you've already got all your lovely stuff that you mm-hmm. So Exactly. It's funny how duty-free doesn't hold the deep, intense glamour it did for us when we were kids. No. Also, I like the fact that there are pouches. I'd never seen that before. Yeah, no, they're doing pouches now and I think they're biodegradable and they're they're easy to pack. They take up less room. So I will be doing some decanting, although the one time that I did decant some beauty products and took a bikini and spare pair of pants in my hand luggage, my bag got lost. Ah. So it was like I was sending a message of negativity (laughs) to the universe. (laughs) What, like, I have all I need, but actually I didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Wow. So um, I, I love all these products. I'll, I have been using them all. I will continue to use them all. Send us any messages on uh, Instagram. DM us on Instagram if you've got any questions. Yeah. And, um, and good luck with your summer fun. <laughs> you've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. Subscribe.